Easy. Ja, ja! Daar is Klaassen. Hello and welcome to Football Down, your podcast 57. We're your home of Dutch football. You're listening to us on either YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes or Football Nation Radio. I'm Michael Statham and as usual, I'm with Mike Bell to discuss all the happenings of Dutch football. We're going to start by talking about Feyenoord, delving into the Europa League results for Dutch football clubs this week and looking ahead to the Netherlands' upcoming fixtures in September. Are there any players that are impressing already in the Eredivisie? Make sure that you like this wherever you're listening and subscribe wherever you're listening to. Enjoy. Okay, Mike. I think we should start by talking about final first of all today. Um, in the past year or so, not a great deal has happened at final, and it felt like the club were going a bit stale. But with transfers coming in and out, it's suddenly become a very active and um, interesting club to watch again. And I found in the opening couple of weeks, final have been a, a lot fresher to watch play. Um, how did they do today? They, they drew 1-1 with Heerenveen. Was it another improved performance from Feyenoord? And how did some of the younger players like Ber- Berger and uh, Kocu get on? To be honest, I was expecting a lot better from Feyenoord today after they, what he did in midweek against Daniel Tbilisi. That was probably a, an outstanding victory there. It, was, it wasn't really expected because Tbilisi were in good form going into that game, but Feyenoord swept them aside and I thought they'd be full of confidence going into this game, but we're actually quite disappointing against Heerenveen. Um, you know, the Frisians had the best chances earlier on and missed a penalty before, you know, Feyenoord got a penalty of their own and they scored for that, but he didn't really create anything. And, you know, Kotschu, he came off early in the second half for, for Ayub. Berger did well in midfield. He's a, a very promising talent, but yeah, just after the two there wasn't really anything from Feyenoord and, and Heerenveen definitely deserved a point. In this game, you know, it's two draws in a row now for for Feyenoord. It's not really the start that Gapstan would have wanted, and but he was missing. We are fair today. He's still got Jorgensen to come back. Karstorp's probably only half fit, and um, Narsing's still only fit enough to start on the bench. So there's still a lot to come from this side. I think if they can get Jorgensen back, get Berghuis back into his natural position on the right, then I think uh, they still got a good side, and they're definitely got to be challenging likes of AZ for for third place. Yeah, I agree with the point about that there's more to come from Feyenoord and that they are missing players at the moment. There might still be another transfer or two incoming into the club. What was most promising, though, was when we saw them final draw 2-2 with Sparta on the opening day, uh, they went about trying to improve their defence because it was really obvious that Vermeer wasn't that comfortable in goal and the centre-back partnership wasn't quite right. Full-backs, still not quite. It's a back four that hasn't played that much together at all. But then against Dinamo Tbilisi, even though, yes, they're a very low-quality team, they got a clean sheet. And against Heerenveen as well, it was another improved performance where it, the goal came from someone not closing down Drezovic for the long shot that came from distance. It wasn't to do with a calamity in the back four, which is what it usually can be. There's an argument that maybe Vermeer could do better with the goal they conceded. But I think we're seeing a couple of steps there that Jörg Stam's tried to implement with Feyenoord. And I think that will only continue. Plus there'll be goals coming as well when Jorgensen comes back. And as you said, Mike, Berkhaus goes back out to the right wing. What do you make about uh, Walter Berker? Because he's only 18 years old. What kind of midfielder is he, Mike? And is he one that Dutch fans can look forward to seeing a lot more of in the future? Oh yeah, definitely. He's been 
part of Nirvana's youth setup for for years. He's been really impressive in their under seventeen and under eighteen sides, and he's one that Feyenoord have really been Feyenoord fans have really been wanting to see for the past couple of years, and he's he's getting his chance under Yapstam, and um, so far this season he's a defensive midfielder. He's he's a good tackler. He's very comfortable on the ball, um, and I think that in the future we're going to see him become maybe even an option to start next to Frankie De Jong in midfield. I don't think he's Netherlands quality yet. I think he could probably benefit from some appearances in the under-21s first. Um, but yeah, in a couple of years, I can definitely see him being an anchor in the, the Dutch midfield. Sure. Yeah, that's great. And of course, one of the best reasons to watch Dutch football is to watch some of these players come through. And I think Wouterberg is going to be one of those next stars to really shine through. On to one of our first questions for today that we received on Twitter. Uh, this one's from Abdul and it's final related. Um, signing Leroy Fair, uh, Narsing and Karstop for finals. What do we think? I think, Abdul, that there's there, there are some solid experienced signings. Karstop fits right back into finals team. I don't think he needs to train with these new players. He's just one of those players that knows how final play. He'll slot straight into right back. But it was interesting to see Fair and Narsing come in because... They weren't very adventurous signings, were they, by by final? They're two players that were released by Swansea. Fur was Swansea captain, um, but Narsing hasn't played in a while. What do you think the thinking was, Mike, behind those signings? And are are they good enough for finals? But also, in addition to those three, we've also seen... Um, is it Johnston that's coming from Liverpool as well? Yeah, George Johnston. And what do you think about those signings? Do you think they're going to be able to strengthen... What final have already, or is Johnston a risk? Is Narsing not quite final level? I think what you're looking with he's really fair in Luciano Narsing is they've lost Van Persie the, the year before they had Dirk Coyte, they always had that really experienced player. They also had Jordi Classy last year. These are finer men through and through. And with Leroy Fair coming back, he's he came through their youth academy, it's it's had experience in the field. I think Leroy Fair is still a quality player if they can keep him fit. He would still be playing in England if he was, he was fit, in my opinion. He can definitely handle that level still. I think he's an excellent signing for Feyenoord. And especially because if they're going to have these youngsters playing in the field like Berger or Kochu, it's perfect to have, to have somebody like Fair who can just keep him calm and you know motivate him throughout the whole season. Narsing, for PSV, he was a big threat because of his pace. He's probably lost that by sitting on the bench for Swansea and really having reoccurring injuries. He was in everyone's international at PSV as well. He's lost his place there and I don't think he's going to get it back anytime soon. He's a bit of a risk because of how injury prone he is, but he's been impressive so far when I've seen him play so far this season, but you really need to get him starting. I don't really know what the thinking was, if he's going to be a starter ahead of the likes of Sam Larson, who's had an okay start this season in Berkeley's. It's an option for Feyenoord. It's a very good option for Feyenoord if he stays fit. But Karstrup's one I think is the most exciting because when he left Feyenoord, I was certain he was going to be the Netherlands right back for years to come. I thought he was top quality. When he was going to Roma, he was going to be hold down that Netherlands position for years. And then he got injured. He lost his place in Roma. Denzel Dumfries come through. I think back at Feyenoord, if he can regain his confidence, regain his form, and he'll definitely challenge Dumfries for that right-back slot. And I think he's an overall 
better defender than what Dumfries is. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Karstorp was so promising when he was leaving Feyenoord and he's he's he, he was once an attacking midfielder, so you can still see those attacking instincts in him. But he's also just so solid defensively. Um, just a bully at right back. And I just think that he's a better defender already than what they had before in St. Yester, um, who left four mines before the chance before no well the chance window hasn't closed in Germany yet but uh, a signing for Mines who um, he suffered didn't he on his debut I think he they lost in the, the German Cup to a third division side so not going to start for St. Yester in Germany but yes I think Karstorp is an improvement on what they had before let's hope that that final can keep that solid back four that's experienced now because they're in the Europa League and they'll be desperate to make it through to the Europa League group stages um, so obviously they started off their qualification with a fauna win over Dinamo Tbilisi. I think I'll finish it off on the away leg. Unless we see another trenching disaster. Let's hope not though. But there's three other Dutch teams in Europe, Mike. Um I just thought we we we'd catch a little bit about what are the chances for these teams getting through to the, the final playoff qualifying round. Which which where would you like to start, Mike? We we could talk about Ajax, RZ or PSV? I think um we'll start with Ajax in the Champions League. I was a bit disappointed by their performance last Tuesday, to be honest. I know that, you know, PLK, Salonika, they're not mugs, they're Greek champions for a reason. They stayed unbeaten in a league last season. But I was just so disappointed with Ten Hag's lineup for the game, the way they played, the way they defended at times. I thought the opportunity was there for Ajax to win this game and take a lead back to, to Amsterdam and get the job finished pretty easily. But just, I don't know what he's thinking with his team selection because two of the biggest strengths that Ajax had last season were Daly Blind at centre-back and Mizrawi at right-back where his over overlapping runs was Ziyech and he's taken both of those players out of their positions and put them both in the centre midfield I just didn't think it worked I don't know what you thought when you saw the game but I just thought two similar players cancelling each other out and there was times where mistakes were made Veltman was caught out a few times I don't think you know, he's not a natural right-back. He's been played there for the past couple of years because there's not really been room for him in the centre of defence. Overall, Mizrawi is a much better right-back than Veltman is. And even Sergino Dest would do a better job if he came in there. And then he signed this new midfielder, Marin. He could have played in the centre midfielder next to Blind. But, yeah, I just think he got it wrong and it resulted in a 2-2 draw, which is still a great result. To head back to Amsterdam with two away goals and hopefully finish the job and... You should be sort of in great form against Emin with a 5 0 victory. But I just think right now, I'm unsure on whether Ten Hag really knows his best lineup anymore since you know the likes of Frankie de Jong have gone and Matthijs Select. I don't know if he knows how to replace those players yet. And even up front, he started with Casper Doberg, who came off injured, but even before he came off injured, he was, he was pretty hopeless. And then you've seen Tadic was played for the middle on Saturday, that worked well. And then Hantelar came on and he scored twice. Well, great. These are two, in my opinion, much better players than Dolberg at the moment. So I just want to see Ten Hag make sure he gets his tactics right on Tuesday and wins the game. You were saying about Blind to Masrao in midfield. Um, for me, yes, they do cancel each other out in midfield. And that is one of the biggest concerns that Ajax have at the minute in playing in European competition. Because Daily Blind was really good at centre-back next to De Ligt. I think, though, that Daily Blind is, um, is key in Ajax's midfield and I think that he should stay there in European matches because he's more defensive 
but also because he goes some way to replacing what Frenkie de Jong offered in midfield and his passing game. Um, Blint's the closest to that that Ajax have, to what de Jong used to bring um, him and Mazan Marin. But I guess Marin is a little bit less experienced and I think Ajax wanted to go for a more trustworthy option, so Blint is that better option than to have in that midfield. As for Masrawi, um, I totally agree with you, Mike. I think that he needs to be at right back. I wonder, though, whether he's had chats with Eric Ten Hag, maybe saying that I want my future to be in midfield rather than at right back, because I just can't see why he's being reverted back to midfield. Masrawi was, was far better on, the, on at right back because he, he was almost like a winger um, when he would always overlap Hakim Ziyech. He would always cut in on his left foot, his stronger left foot, and Masrawi would always be an option for him to the right. He was dangerous in getting into the box then to make openings for Ajax, especially when you're playing in the area de Pizzi and that pace is really important to unlock teams. But as well as that in Europe, I just find that Masrawi is a lot quicker, a lot more tenacious than, say, Veltman. Veltman's better in the air, but Masrawi just can get his tackles a lot quicker and instantly win over the possession back for Ajax. So I, I, I really am not sure why Ten Hag decided to put him and Blinds both in midfield, but it didn't work for him. Uh, it was a far better second half for Ajax against Payok uh, with a 2-2 draw. But yeah, there's some questions to be answered for Ten Hag, and I just hope that he changes the lineup somewhat back to what we're used to seeing from Ajax, where they have that more familiar setup. Uh, I don't know how you thought the defence went, Mike, but it did look a bit shaky at times, didn't it? Or was that just because of the amount of times that Ajax gave possession away? Yeah, it did look shaky, I think. But it's a new defence playing together. You've got Martinez in there, you've got Scurs in there. <clears throat> They've not got Alvarez fit yet. Um, I think he'll come eventually into the centre-back positions. I think it was a defence that haven't played too many games together. I didn't really know how to gel yet. Um, and then, yeah, Veltman got caught out a few times. Just to go back on your point about Mizrahi wanting to be a midfielder, because obviously he started his career in midfield for Ajax uh, sides. And I also think that maybe there's something to do with Veltman as well, because he was wanting to move this summer, and he's basically been told by Ten Hag that he can't. So I wonder if there's an agreement there somehow that Ten Hag said that Veltman will stay and he can play. And I hope not, because then that's players ruling the risks over the coach. He should be doing what's best for the team. And what's best for the team is that Mizrahi plays the right back and Veltman ultimately either comes into the centre, try him out there, or drops down to the bench. Yeah, no, that's a good point because Veltman, of course, wants to play, needs to play if he wants to transfer. Um, and at his age, he needs to be playing games and doesn't want to be dropped to the bench. But Masrawi is the better right-back than Veltman. Um, and I just wonder whether Veltman can actually play at centre-back much more because it sounds really easy to say this, um, but of his height, I just think that Veltman is good enough to play centre-back in area of his games, but perhaps not in European ones. Yeah, I think um, we'll see on Tuesday if what Ten Hag lines up with, but it was a much better performance against Emin. I know it's only Emin, but it was much better in that game. Um, and I hope Ten Hag just gets it right because Ajax going out at this stage of the Champions League would be an absolute disaster. And it's been such a good week for Dutch sides in Europe with the coefficient. But it looks like um, Linsk are going to get past Basel and there's a possibility there'll be two Austrian sides in the Champions League group stages if Linsk then got through their playoff to join Salzburg in there. And uh, if two Austrian side make the group stages and one Dutch side doesn't, 
that could be an absolute disaster. It could, but also if you've got a motivated PS3 final, and I said all in the Europa League group stages, I think this is wishful thinking, but that could really push up the coefficient as well. Um, and just give some confidence back to Dutch teams in Europe that they can succeed um, against bigger European teams. But I guess that's all to come. Uh, but you've, you've got someone like PSV who went to Haugesund and didn't really impress, I think is the word to use there. It was a penalty that was a deciding factor in that match. How motivated are PSV for these games? I think if you look at this PSV side, you've got players that don't want to be there anymore. Um, they've, got, they've got players that wanted a transfer that's not come along. They're stuck there. And you've seen a few of them just not put in 100%. Then you've got somebody like Donny O'Malley who is putting in 100% and looks so motivated on the pitch. And he's by far their best player so far this season. And, you know, you've got like Sir Bergwijn, who he wants this big move. But these clubs aren't coming in from. You'd think that he would have started the season in absolutely terrific form, but he's just he's not. He's just been very average so far. Wazano has been dropped to the bench. He came on against Augustin in the second half. It looked okay. These are the players that want to move. They should be fighting tooth and nail for the side and trying to impress before the transfer window does eventually shut because Wazano can still get a move to Napoli. You know, Bergwijn, the Germany market's still open. Bayern Munich can't go on after Sani anymore after he got injured. They could come in for Bergwijn. These players should be very motivated to perform, but they're just not. And yeah, this Van Bommel is just, he's still very questionable over his, his team selection. I've not really been impressed with Sadoek at left-back. Left Why did they sign Tony Lato and not even put him in the squad? You've got players that have signed that just not getting into the, the team. It seems that maybe they've went and bought the wrong players. Um, there's rumours this week that they try to go for Frank Ribery but he's turned out to be too expensive. Their midfield isn't really cutting it at the moment. They've got Rosario, Gutierrez, and so far Pereiro, but he's just broke his collarbone, so he's going to be out for a few weeks. How it is, Van Bommel plays him, does he put Ihatrin in? Because I think that Ihatrin was one of the better players when he came on in the last game, but he's still so young. It's just, there's a lot of question marks over this PSV side at the moment, and they're not really answering them so far, which is a worry. Yeah, it's clearly a mental issue with some of these PSV players that they're just not motivated. That's not for everyone in that squad, of course. Uh, I think someone such as Pablo Rosario has really tried to get his head down, even though he's not the highest quality player. I think he he deserves that captaincy that he's received at PSV because of how he's responded. And you can see he's really focused on the pitch. But yeah, that I think that also goes to show the lack of leaders in PS3 at the minute. They've also been linked with a return for Daniel Schwab in defence, probably because, again, they need that leader in back in the team. It's really showing on the pitch, I think, for PS3. I just heard that the Mark van Bommel, well, I think for the good of Dutch football, it's good. It's important that Mark van Bommel does a good job with PS3 and can turn around what seems to be um, a poor start for season. We're going to head back to some our Twitter questions and... I can see here's a question from Lewis about Ajax's team selection. I hope we've answered that question for you, Lewis, already. Um, there's a question here about players staying with Ajax. Now, that this is from Gareth. This kind of comes into what we're saying about PSV and just before about Ajax. So Gareth says this, With the contract renewals at Ajax this year, are we seeing a shift in the thinking of players who now want to stay at Ajax rather than getting moves to other leagues? 
Where would you like to start with that one, Mike? Yeah, I think we're definitely seeing a change of mindset around some of these players. And I think that Mark Overmars has done an excellent job this summer so far. We've got, you know, you've got Delict leaving, you've got Frankie de Jong leaving. But everyone would have said you know, at the start of the summer that Ziyech was away. Everyone was speculating they had a £35 million release clause in his contract and one of the big clubs was going to come in from. And they just haven't. And they've managed to convince them after Tadic signed a long-term deal with Zorawi, Onana, Tagliafico. These players have all committed their futures to club. Even David Nares, who you know, might have had his head turned by a few interesting offers this summer. But yeah, he's committed as well. So I just think that Mark Overmars has done a great job to convince these players that the future is brighter if they stay at Ajax for now and wait for one of these big clubs. Because there's no point in Ziyech leaving Ajax at the age that he is to go to Sunday like Sevilla. There isn't really a step up from Ajax because so last season, if this group gels together again, how far they can go in the European competition and why would they give that up? A, player, a place where they're loved, they're going to fight for trophies, they're winning their place in national teams, they're having these excellent European campaigns. Why would they give that up for something that's not a huge, huge offer from a huge club? And I think it's just very smart from these players at the moment. And it's, uh, it's great to see because over the past few years, it's not been like that. You see these players leaving Ajax and PSV for average clubs, you know, you look at, I know everyone aren't an average club, we go home to, to David Klassen after he left and now he's at Werder Bremen and you know, Memphis Depay, he wasn't probably ready yet for my night, but he, he took the risk and now he's at Leon. So these players are being smarter about it and it's great to see. Yeah, and this is one of the reasons why Ajax are so settled at the moment, because they have always players staying at the club, committing their futures, but knowing as well that another club can still come in for them and take them to the, the, their wish of playing in a bigger league, earning more money, playing in the Champions League. But they know that they, they can commit their future to Ajax, maybe earn a little bit more money, but also then earn more money for Ajax when that transfer does come around. It's disappointing then, I suppose, when players at PSV aren't doing the same. But does that just show maybe that PSV don't have quite the, the ambitions that Ajax do at the minute of being regulars in the Champions League and being able to really to really push that title every single year, I, I, it's almost tempting to set PSV out of the running of this title race already because they just aren't starting the season well enough and they don't have the quality that, that PSV do. They're not mentally ready for another year of another year of football. There's just too much unrest around the squad. Um, but that's just me personally. Yeah, I think we said it in our preview episode that Ajax right now are stronger all over the pitch than PSV and you know, PSV have been unlucky so far they lost Sam Lammers I think he would have been a big player for them but you know they do have exciting players I had in Malin looks like an absolutely brilliant player and I'm excited to see what he can do this season but yeah until the transfer window shuts and these players like Bergwijn Ozano are they going to be there are they not going to be there we just need to wait and see and if PSV can add maybe another quality centre-back to their squad before the end of it as well. And even maybe a new midfielder as well, because I just think that the squad right now is just lacking in several areas. It is. Let's rattle through three questions that we had on Twitter. First one, Mike. Um, why do you think other European clubs don't slash didn't want Ziyech? This is from Total Roundout. A thanks for your question. To be honest, I wish I knew. I, um, 
you know, I wish we could speak to these club scouts and be like, why do you not like Ziyech? I mean, there's questions of his attitude a couple of seasons ago. I think he's squashed all them last season and so far how he started this season. He's a terrific player. He can play in centre midfield, he can play on the wings. He's He would be such a dynamic player for so many clubs. Uh, it's, it's a mystery. I mean, Ovmar has even said he offered him to Arsenal, like some advice to them to sign him over Ozil. And he said no. I mean, it seems to me like a no-brainer if you swapped Ozil for, for Ziyech. I think you'd get a much better player with was yet, but these clubs is something there that they're just not happy with, and what their loss is Ajax's gain so far. Absolutely is. Uh, I, 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 the only thing I can think of is that, of course, Ajax ruled out playing for subpar teams. He wasn't keen on joining Sevilla, for example, in Spain. It's a very good club, but he, he wants a team that's at the absolute top. A Bayern Munich, for example. I don't know how much truth there is in rumours for Ziyech anymore because it always is a club coming in for him or interested in him, but they haven't signed him. So who knows whether or not these teams are actually looking at signing him. But for, with Ziyech, I think that he, he... It's not like he makes mistakes, but he doesn't always score the goal, doesn't always offer the assist because he tries about five times that one pass and once or twice he'll make that pass. But... That's the kind of bravery you want in an attacking player who always take risks. And you can see his success rate because he does score goals, does make assists. But he'll try more than anyone else to try and make those goals happen. But that's the only thing I can see wrong with Ziyech nowadays. Yeah, I think if you've got an attacking side that dominate games, Ziyech's a perfect player because you can, you can find those little boxes of space. You can find those pinpoint crosses. So if you like a Bayern Munich or a Real Madrid to dominate possession for... Like 90 minutes, he's a perfect player for teams like that. And if Real Madrid are going to splash out, say, 80 million to bring in Donny van der Beek, not Ziyech at 30 million, it's an absolute steal. It is. Uh, next Ajax question um, is from Matt. How much will Ajax miss Lasse Schoener? And what were the reasons that he left? I think, um, for me, he just wanted another, or he just wanted a foreign adventure for the end of his career, I think. You know, spending the last couple of years playing in a place like Genoa is nice. It's good for his family to get to. Oh, he said he's got to come back to Holland after it because he loves Amsterdam. He loves living in the city with his family. He's got to come back. But yeah, I think he just wanted one last adventure. And I think that Ten Hag probably sat him down and said, look, this season you're going to be maybe third choice midfielder because you had Marion say they've got to play Daily Blind there. Got Carol Eiting who needs to get a chance when he gets fit. Got a Kellen Camp coming through. They got Danny Devitt. They got all these players, Gravenberch. There probably just wasn't room for Lasashona, which is a shame because for me, he was absolutely crucial for them in the Champions League run. I mean, some of the goals he scored at key moments, some of the performances he put in against twice Juventus and Real Madrid were, for his age, outstanding. I think he brought something extra to that midfield. But I think it's time for Ajax to move on to. Some of the younger players in their squad, and I think it's just the right time for, for Shona to go. That's right. Um, I think you were alluding to a couple of the quotes that were from Lasse Schoener's interview with DutchNews.nl. It was a really good interview, that was. Um, I really enjoyed that. Lasse Schoener's someone who 
can actually speak better Dutch than he can his Danish right now um, because he's been in the Netherlands that long. But it's time for him to go to get another adventure. Um, he in, technically hasn't played abroad in his whole career because Netherlands for him is his home now. So he wants that adventure and why not have it at Genoa? They're a struggling Serie A club, but they're a club that he can play every game for. Um, and he'll someone who, who will just stand out um, at that club. So why not? Um, and the final question relating to Ajax uh, on, on this podcast today is, is it's one that both Abdul and S underscore Van Den asked. It's about Donny van der Beek. Will he stay this season with Ajax? And from what I understand, um, Mike, is that van der Beek, he's kind of agreed terms with Real Madrid and he has been talking tonight. That's very clear. But it's, it seems that Real Madrid want to sign Paul Pogba first. And if they can't get Pogba, then they'll go for van der Beek. But I think that Van der Beek's thinking about staying with Ajax for another year because he's seen everybody else around him sign new contracts. And I think that he would stay with the club for another year. I think it's important that he does stay for Ajax if they want to really do well in the Champions League this year. I'm sure that he'll still play in, in a couple more qualifying games for Ajax because it's not agreed yet. I think it'll be a late one in late August if it is agreed. But I think he kind of wants to stay but knows that he'll succeed at Real Madrid and get games if he does leave. That's just my two cents. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I think this is going to be a crucial week for it. I mean, it was in the news from the Dutch side that Ajax, you know, they're not going to stand in his way if Van der Beek decides that he he wants to go to Real Madrid and they offer the money for him. But he wanted him for these two Champions League qualifiers because he is such a crucial player for them. The way he plays and the way he scores the goals from from midfield that Ten Hag wanted him for both legs against Pauk. So we'll see after the second leg on Tuesday whether this picks up. And you know, Real Madrid, they need somebody to come in. I mean, they if they want to challenge Barcelona this season, who look very good. I watched them with Frankie Dong and their friend against Napoli and, and Dion was you know, stand, one of the stand-up players on the pitch, he was excellent. So they looked really strong. So Real Madrid will want to sign Van der Beek, I think. And it's going to be tough for Ajax to, to stop him going, which is a big loss for them because he's such a vital player for them. But if somebody like Real Madrid comes in for you, you know, you've got to take that chance because who knows, Van der Beek could turn him down, stay at Ajax for another season, then and never these clubs don't come back in for him. So I think he needs to take this chance if it comes to him. Yeah, if, if, if you are actually Donovan van der Beek, I think you need to go to Real Madrid and take that opportunity. But if you're an Ajax fan, you want just just stay another year. And, and he knows what the fans want. He's heard their chants. He's, he's been talking about it in interviews, how he knows what the fans want. And I think that he has agreed terms with Real Madrid. And I think that Ajax probably have agreed a fee with Real Madrid. But it's all just a waiting game now to see what happens with uh, other Real Madrid midfield business. The next big thing I want to talk about today, Mike, is um, is is the Netherlands. Um, there are some games coming in September, and are there any players already at the start of this season who are jumping out for you? Are are there any players at certain clubs that are really standing out? Yeah, there's two that are in sensational form. I think so far this this season, and they both play for AZ Alkmaar. And Calvin Steins and Myron Boadu were wondering about both of them after they had you know, really 
career-threatening injuries over the past couple of years. But I think for me so far this season, AZ have won both their games. They were good in Europe in the last round against PK Hacking. Against Mario Paul, they were totally dominant in Ukraine, but they just couldn't find that that goal. Um, they're one of the most exciting teams to watch in their division. That's because of Bodo and Stengs. I think the two of them are great young talents. Come and watch them against RKC. And I think that if you, he's got to put anybody in for these games from their division, it's going to be either one of those two because up front is where Netherlands are really struggling for options. And if you said to me right now, who would you rather have in the squad next time around? Would you rather have Steven Bergvine or Calvin Stengs or Boadu? I'd pick Boadu and Stengs. I think they're in much better form at the moment. And I can't wait to see even I'm playing the Netherlands shirt because I think they're that good. Um, I think that Tiram could be heading for a transfer. Not this summer, I think that they're going to stay for AZ for a season. But next next year, I predict that them two will be the ones that are getting linked with the, the big clubs because, yeah, they won't be staying at AZ, I think, for, for years to come. I think they're top, top talents. And, uh, yeah, we'll see them in the Netherlands shirt very soon. Oh, is it out, Mar? One of the re- big reasons why... I was really looking forward to doing this podcast today because um, I just wanted to uh, talk up how how good they've been so far this season um, in quite a lot of aspects. And Boadu and Stengs have just been such a pleasure to watch and it's one of the big reasons why they make RZ tick and score the goals they do. In the Europa League, we were talking a little bit earlier about Dutch sides in Europe. We didn't quite get onto RZ, but now is their chance to, to shine in our podcast. They absolutely outplayed uh, Mariupol, just like they did against um, Swedish side Harkin. They had all the chances and were so unfortunate to come away from that match with a 0-0 draw. Um, It's not just, though, Boadu up front being a bully, holding up the ball, showing his pace, his good finishing, linking up really well with the midfielders around him. And it's not just Calvin Stengs playing his magnificent through balls and passes. It's also the players around them and... Kustil isn't actually a massive loss to RZ. I hope that they can find a good replacement for him to further strengthen the attack in midfield and the attack in general. But you've got um, Asuma Adrisi out on the left wing who has really stepped his performance this season. But I think that's just because of the players that are around him. He's been able to link up a lot better with Boadu and Stengs. Um, the overlapping fullbacks, you've got Vindal now being the left back for RZ taken over from Thomas Ovejan, who's meant to believe in the summer. And Jonas Svensson's a great right-back. But also you've got Sugawara, who's quite dangerous, down the right-hand side. In midfield, you've got Mitcha, who's impressing yet again um, and becoming more of a leader now in the side. It's just a, an overall really entertaining team to watch. My only worry, though, is that they do seem to be playing the same team every single week because their squad is just so small. Um, and the, the, the players that they have to replace... Um, for example, Boadu. You've got Ferdi Dwalf, who scored a lot of goals in the Erste Divisie last season for NSC Nijmegen. But is he going to be someone who replaces Boadu if he gets injured for a month, let's say? I think that we'll see a few issues for RZ if they do have these injuries or suspensions and tiredness starts to creep in. At this stage of the season, it doesn't matter. They can play Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. But how long will that last? I think the international break is going to be a key time for them to rest and recuperate. Um, I just really hope they get through to the Europa League group stages because it will just be another step up for the likes of Stengs and Bawadi to impress on a European stage. Um, and one last point on RZ. It's not all about their attack. 
I have been impressed with how Arna Slots has um, improved their defence as well. Um, as far as I know, they haven't conceded a goal in a competitive match this season. That's really impressive for RZ, for a team that are known for their attacking style of play. They haven't conceded a goal. Um, Bizo in goal hasn't made a mistake yet. Touch wood that he doesn't before the Europa League group stages. Uh, Ron Vlaar's been a, an immense at centre-back. I think it's a matter of time before they do concede a goal. They are quite an open team. But for me, they've been coached very well so far this season. And I've been impressed because John van den Brom has left the club and Slot's sort of taken over and actually improved what they had before. Um, and he's got Boadu and Stengs firing, which is really important for Azad. It's not just Myron Boadu and Calvin Stengs that have been impressing um, in terms of Dutch players for the next squad. Uh, a question here from S underscore Van Den. Should Tim Krull impress with Norwich City in the Premier League? Any chance that he gets a call up to Aranya to back up Jasper Selesen? Hypothetically, yeah. I mean, Jerome Zutz not really had a strong start to the season. Other than that, you've not got very many options for Ronald Kimmin as like a, a second or third choice goalkeeper. Um, so yeah, if Tim Krull can keep all the clean sheets in the Premier League, then yeah, he becomes another option for Kumin, but it's all hypothetical. I mean, if Stecklenburg got a bunch of games for Everton and impressed, he'd be in the squad. And if Michael Vorm can find a new club, then he could come back into running. So I think Sellison's number one, and I can't see Tim Crow challenging that. <coughs> they can definitely get back into the squad. Tim Crow was once, of course, the hero for the Netherlands with his uh, penalty saves. He can instantly get back into the squad with some impressive performances in the Premier League. I'm sure he's going to have a lot of work to do this season in goal for Norwich. Um, but yeah, they've got some decent keepers in Netherlands. I think with him getting back into form, they'll have a few options again. Um, we'll have to discuss a little bit more about that next time on the Football Only podcast. That and also we're going to be doing a Europa League preview by looking further at the sides that make it through to the Europa League playoff round. Um, Mike, what do you think right now, though, if you were going to hedge your bets on it? Um, because these fixtures are massive for Dutch football so early in the season. Do you think that Ajax will reach the Champions League playoff and PSV will see out Haugesund? Do you think RZ will see out, will beat Mariupol at home in probably not the Alkmaar Stadium, Stadium because it's unfortunately collapsed? And do you think final will see out Dynamo Tbilisi? Do you think all four teams will make it through? At the moment, I would say definitely. I can't see Agerson, the way they played last week, heading to, to Eindhoven and getting a result there. I think Azer Alkmaar, if they play like they did in the first leg, you know, Mario Paul didn't seem to have many answers to them. So, yeah, I think that at home, they can definitely do the business. And Feyenoord, yeah, Feyenoord are through. I mean, I, don't, I can't see them getting beat 4 or 5 now in Tbilisi. I mean, strange. Things do happen to Dutch sides in Europe, but yeah, that would be an absolute shocker. Um, then the only other question mark is over Ajax, and we've discussed it. As long as Ten Hag picks the right side, yeah, they should be big favourites to go through against Pauk in Amsterdam. That's the one that I'd say is the most up in the air, because you know, Pauk can be a decent side, and they can be good defensively, as long as Ajax don't concede any stupid goals, and I can see them getting through. and. But to be honest, would, with the teams that are lying in wait, there is a good chance that all four of them can actually reach the group stages in the European competitions, but you know, still a long way to go for that.
yeah, um, it's up to Dutch teams to make the most of that. We didn't see Utrecht do that. They they failed simply because they weren't good enough in the night. I, I can't believe that the preparations that they had been doing for the match didn't come to fruition and they just really disappointed. Um, it, they just looked like their legs were made with tree trunks on that evening um, they had in Bosnia. But anyway, let's let's move on from European competitions and Dutch clubs. And let's finish the podcast by just looking at the Eredivisie in general. Has anything really stood out for you, Mike, in the opening couple of weeks in the Eredivisie? Yeah, I think that in the preview podcast, I tipped Spiral down as possibly a surprise package this season. I thought a good young squad coming up could uh, surprise a few people. And it's turned out to be that way. I think they've been one of the most impressive teams so far after two games. They should have beat Feyenoord last week. It was only a last-second goal that you know, got them a draw. And, yeah, they beat BVV pretty convincingly on Friday. I think that their attack is is very exciting. Um, Halil Devisoglu in, on the left wing has just agreed to join Brentford in, in January. Looks a, a great talent. Um, Harui in midfield is another one. And when you got somebody like... Lars Feldweig on the, the bench to bring on for the last you know, 20 minutes to add something to the attack. I think Ragnar Ake, the youngster up front, is a decent talent. And then you've got Veldek as back, backup. I mean, defensively, they look okay. In midfield, they look full of talent. I mean, people like Dante Rigo and Duarte on the bench can't even get into the side. Yeah, I just think their squad is, is perfect for Eredivisie. And I think that they're going to stay up very comfortably this season. And... For me, I think Brentford have done very, very smart business in getting Dervis Oglu for, for January because after two games, he's been one of the stand-up players in Eredivisie and if he had stayed without a transfer for another couple of months, I think much bigger teams would have been knocking at his door. So Brentford can look to a very exciting player joining them in January. That's good news for Brentford. Um, Dervis Oglu... It's important for him that he gets experience in the Eredivisie before he goes to the Championship. Um, very different games in the Eredivisie and Championship. One's not necessarily better than the other sometimes. Um, but he needs some experience at the top level before he goes to the Championship because everything's really fast and it's physical. Um, when I've interviewed players before that have played in the Championship, they just say how fast and frantic it is and how strong you've got to be. Um, let's hope that Dervis Ogley can pick up some um, intellig- football intelligence from the Eredivisie before he goes to the championship. I think there are a couple of other teams that are, might be worth watching out for. Uh, Vitesse seem to be doing all right so far and they may yet prove me wrong that it could be a stale season. They could actually do okay. Um, but also here in vain, they've got some fresh players in attack and it could be their season to surprise despite the fact that they seem to be stripping back at their resources every single season at the moment um, and not really replacing players that they've lost. But let's see how they get on. Mike, thanks very much for joining me and we'll look forward to doing um, a Europa League preview next week and another podcast again very soon. No problem. Thank you everyone for listening. Make sure that you like wherever you are and subscribe wherever you are and we look forward to speaking to you very soon.